What's up? Welcome back to Guitar Blah Blah, the daily podcast for people that just can't shut up about guitar. And if you want even more guitar content, be sure to check out axesandblades.com. I came across uh, an interesting review today. Well, it wasn't really a review. It was more of just one of those gear announcements for a new piece of gear. Kind of the, uh, basically the, the press release stuff that gets put out. It's for an interesting piece of gear. It's for the new... Uh, Boss Nextone amp. It's for their latest iteration of that series. It's uh, dual channel amp, two independent channels, bunch of different controls. And if you don't know about the Nextone stuff, it's it's kind of like Boss's um, solid state amps in a step above from the Boss Katana stuff. So the Boss Katana stuff is really highly praised, um, but is intended for kind of a lot of the market that is already looking at solid state amps. And the next tone stuff, the idea is that it's kind of branching out beyond just, hey, solid state is not just for practice amps or your spare amp or whatever. It can be your expensive, really good high quality amplifier can be a solid state amp rather than a tube amp and have some of the the benefits and things that a solid state amp might have. Um, But of course, to market that, they still have to do the, the interesting, ironic thing of um, hey, solid state, it could be just as good as tube. And then you go, okay, so what does this amp sound like? And they go, oh, we managed to make it sound exactly like a tube amp, which has always seemed weird to me. If solid state is something that's good in its own right and is worth me paying a a, a decent amount of money for, then why are you marketing, mar- marketing it to me as, hey, this, can, this sounds just like a tube amp, then I can buy a tube amp. It's a very weird thing. I would have felt like the better way to do it would be to market it to me as hey this amp sounds just as good as any tube amp doesn't sound like them it's got its own unique sound but it's it's just as good it's got all the magic of a tube amp and all that stuff but you know i get why they do it it's because we're obsessed with the with tube amps having a little certain something that solid state amps don't have that's a, a widely held idea and so therefore they want to say and make it very clear when they say that this amp can do everything a tube amp can do and the best way to do that is to say yep this is i, I can't remember what it's called like i don't think it's is it true tube or something technology the boss version of uh you know hey we we've managed to create a transistor amp that's that's just as good as a tube amp in the sense of it literally can sound exactly like a tube amp but have all the, the you know supposed benefits and stuff for solid state amp falls into this weird place like when you th- it's one of these things when you think about it you almost end up feeling like it's counted its own point but that's the idea of the next tone amps um it is something that it kind of reminds me of the PV Bandit, PV having the trans tube amp and uh, the, the PV Bandit back in the day when they brought it out in NAM, They did a bunch of blind tests and even all these amazing producers and golden ears and stuff. These people who can hear things uh, better in, than the rest of us can and can pick out signals and frequencies. They thought it was a tube amp, but it turned out it was the PV Bandit. Um, which is always a fun story to tell. <laughs> the PV Bandit now being, you know, beloved, but as like a solid backup amp or whatever it's it's fun but um i think also the orange stuff orange the cr pro stuff the orange crush the orange cr stuff they have the solid state kind of practice amp standard stuff again kind of like in the same place as the katana and then other solid state amps but they also have the crush kind of pro stuff crush pro stuff i think it's a cr60 and cr120 cr120 you can get a big head and that's obviously meant for gigging that's meant for going out and playing shows and the idea with that is this is a pro level solid state amp there's plenty of stuff as well the quilter stuff is obviously aimed at being really really good rather than just oh it's a little backup solid state thing 
Um, and then obviously modeling is a whole nother thing and, and we could go on for ages talking about all the different kinds of amps. But um, this next own thing is kind of in that place of like the, maybe the quota stuff and the Crush Pro stuff from Orange in that it's definitely meant to be your go-to best, best, best amplifier. And it has a price tag to kind of match that. It looks cool. It looks interesting. I think the next tone stuff's interesting. I love the katana. I uh, haven't ever played through a, a next tone, but I think the tones sound really good. And this one definitely has a cool amount of extra features built in. But the interesting thing about the feature sets built into it is what they are going for, what they seem to be trying to emulate. And it seems to be that they're trying to emulate kind of a boutique app, kind of um certain amplifiers built by certain builders that yeah it's not going for like a fender thing or this thing it seems to be going for a boutique amp like a two totally independent channels with two independent sets of controls boutique amplifier seems to be kind of the thing that it is going for and what's interesting was when i was reading through this thing which um like i say was a an article about it but i think it's very press release and if you look across the different articles talking about the boss next time or any other product you'll have noticed this that it tends to have the same language in every single one every single time and people talk about it in videos and it uses the same words because it's you know press relief stuff some of this is the language the copy is to some extent crafted and kind of set um the word that kept coming up referring to this was actually boutique but not even referring to the inspiration behind the next tone or saying this is to capture the uh, elements of boutique amps that have made them so beloved throughout times from some of the best builders in the world. It wasn't referring to the inspiration. It was referring to the new next tone amp itself. It was calling it really a boutique solid state amp. I thought that was interesting because in this sort of small guitar world that I'm very interested in, not small as in they are small, but um, yes, builders who build small batch guitars, luthier make guitars, whatever you want to call them, obviously probably the, the most common term or one of the most common terms is boutique. But it's a term that everyone has a bunch of mixed feelings about. Um, you know, not, not hated, but mixed feelings about it. Even the people who use it, I use it and have mixed feelings about it. I think that um, there is a feeling amongst some builders that it can have a slightly pretentious feel and that they feel one they don't really like that themselves because they don't have a pretentious view of their guitars like they just put all of their work into making the guitars the best but that doesn't mean they have pretensions about these being in some way some special kind of impossibly incredible kind of thing it's something that they've tried they build the best possible guitar they can and then hope that that inspires musicians. It's a lot more down to earth and not very pretentious. And they don't like the word boutique for their own preferences sometimes. But I think they also worry that it really puts people off because it presents a a not very down to earth tone of voice. You know, you're trying to talk to guitarists and customers and you know musicians who don't who don't really want marketing BS necessarily shoved at them. Um, and and the word boutique can feel a bit bs it can feel a bit potential to some people. That's to some people, to some people not really. And even those people, like I say, who have these concerns about it, we still tend to use it because it's so used by everyone else. It's kind of one of those things where a lot of people have a problem with it, but then you'll see those same people use it because in terms of getting across the message, if I say boutique guitars, 
that's a well-defined space for you knowing what I mean. If I say high-end guitars, that can be a bit weird because, well, that includes, obviously, high-end guitars made in factories, particularly in the US, like PRS or Gibson. But what about if I speak to someone and they say, yeah, but I mean, a high-end can also mean the highest-end stuff that comes out of Indonesia. You know, there's stuff coming out of there now that's getting up towards 2000 bucks and comes with crazy specs. Like, for me to differentiate that from the other stuff coming out of Indonesia, I'm going to call it high-end. So that makes it difficult for me to try and specifically talk about these luthier boutique guitars or whatever they are with high-end. Luthier is another one because... Um, some people really like to only apply that to acoustic builders or acoustic builders and like classic kind of arch top builders. Some people only like to use the word luthier to apply it not, not just to any guitar builder or not even just to any very skilled guitar builder, but to like a certain kind of guitar builder or like a super master, you know, even though there is that term master luthier as well. I do know a lot of people that only like to use the word luthier at all because it's got that kind of old-fashioned flavor to only apply it to certain types of guitars or to, because it's got that old-fashioned flavor to apply it to someone, you know, who's kind of really fitting the the kind of master luthier, been doing this for 40 years kind of thing, and then they'll use it. And if you say luthier make guitars, they kind of think of that dusty workshop person in there with the kind of magnifying eye glasses on and they're 60 years old and you know they're living on top of a mountain it's a better sign that kind of seems to be what well some people think of it and so the word luthier guitar you don't necessarily want saying that to those people they don't necessarily think of like a nikuba krautster for example that then sounds weird to them to call that a luthier made guitar even though it fits in that world that we're trying to refer to so I think that's a lot of why boutique still sticks around because it's useful. It kind of works whether people like it or not. It kind of works. I know a lot of people don't like it as well because it, you know, even if it's not a pretentious thing, it sounds like it's in the wrong, the wrong area. Like it, for a lot of people, it is, and it makes totally sense why a fashion word or a word that would refer to like either, yeah, basically high fashion is what a lot of people think that word is related to. And so to apply it to a guitar has all that feeling and connotations of like the word high fashion. It's a weird word. Um, it's a weird, weird word. I, I, I might go into a whole other thing and talking about it. It would be great to have some of these luthiers on, which I will be doing um, in coming episodes very soon to talk to them about the word and, and what word they like to use for their guitars. You do hear all these different words. You bespoke people just like custom as well. Um, people, some people use handmade some people don't like using handmade because they use CNC, obviously, for some precision in certain things um, um, and machinery and all sorts of other ways. So interesting to talk about luthiers with this, about how they do it. And obviously, there's a thing about how you just personally want to describe it and what you think gets the message across to people best. And then there's also the the kind of blending into that, the marketing side of it as, as you know, what do people search for? What do people look for? What do people, um, what were to people use when they're looking for a kind of guitar that you make and again if everyone's using boutique whether they like it or not people are then gonna obviously take that up but it's got me thinking about another thing about boutique is um like i say the word for me is not one thing or the other i don't i don't i don't mind whoever uses it and uh but at the same time i totally get the problems with it um i do feel like it's an interesting thing seeing it come up applied to a solid state amp here because um 
you know, a mass manufactured abroad solid state amp, of which there are many, many things, you know, it's, it's, it's like a higher end Boss Katana, right? It's like made in the Far East, you know, man. Now, decent price tag on it, definitely inspired by Boutique this one, and this is a high end, it's supposed to be pro level, like Roland Blues Cube kind of thing. They, so Boss Roland have been in this area before. It's an expensive amp for a solid state amp, it really is. And it looks good. And it might sound amazing, and I don't begrudge any use of the word. Like, this is not some idea of like, hey, that's the word can only be applied to super premium things made on top of a mountain in Tibet. Weren't you listening? You know, it's not, it's not, I thought I was Luthier. But anyway, you know, it's not like that word, it should be guarded in my opinion or anything. Like I say, I I'm, I have pretty mixed feelings about it anyway, so why would I care? Um, so, so it did get me um, frustrating anyway, but it did get me really curious about whether the word boutique would become less attractive to some builders in this possible way as well. If a bunch of other companies realize, oh, well, that's a great way for me within my company, mass manufacturing, let's say pedals, or in this case, amps, where I want to differentiate my highest end line from my lower end one. One of the words that you've used previously, and we've all seen used to death, to the point where now I think companies are trying to find other words, is premium. Premium was the way to be like, here's our standard line and here's our premium line or whatever. Um, but the problem was that, as I understand it, and I'm not an expert on this talk, but someone was explaining this to me once. Certain words like that in different countries and things, there's certain things where, you know, obviously certain words can be related to advertising standards, but the word premium is so generic and so ubiquitous that it basically did not really reference actually any kind of level of quality in the product or even that this was a more advanced or bettered version of another product. So there's this lots of uses of premium line. Oh, this is the premium. Well, this is the standard and this is the premium. Obviously, in guitar, world, we also see, for example, this is the standard. This is the pro level. That definitely works too um, and has its own problems and, and, and pros and cons. But premium was a big one. Premium, you see you see everywhere. That's not just guitar. One. That's everywhere. But you'll notice if it became almost a bit of an ironic thing, you'll notice if you ever go and buy some cheap beer right you know think back to your to your young days if you're not in them anymore if we think back to um when you're young when you don't have much money and you just buy the cheapest whatever thing when people start um going to their first parties or whatever you know stuff like that um or you see in the shop you see like the the stuff where even if you don't drink you can kind of tell like that's the gross stuff sometimes because of the price tag that stuff always says premium on it Terrible beer always says premium on it, and really good beer basically never does. So other industries, and including the music one now, have figured out that term kind of got spoiled, <laughs> soiled that term, because, you know, everyone just started to say, okay, well, like, I've got this cheap knockoff no-name brand piece of garbage, but I can still call it premium if I want. There's no rule. So I just call it premium, and then, you know, try to suggest that this is a super high quality product especially putting it in some kind of script logo premium like handwritten style oh great choose a typeface like that put premium on it slap it on even though the price tag says otherwise there's a there's a suggestion of quality a vague air that this could be anything but shite um 
and I think, like I say, in other industries, like I know in the beer industry, that's almost a bit of like a joke thing. Like, you know, it's a premium lager. That means it's shite. Um, <laughs> that means it doesn't taste good. Um, not necessarily. I'm not necessarily a beer connoisseur. So there's plenty that I enjoy, which is pr- which probably says premium on it. But um, definitely does, actually. But it's <laughs> definitely a thing for people kind of have felt that that term has even if it's still used which it definitely is it's kind of less and less meaningful then you don't if if you were going shopping with someone and they picked up someone something and went oh this looks good and you went oh, i've heard that stuff's not very good and they went no no look it says premium you'd probably laugh you'd be like you night they could just put that on there it doesn't mean it's actually good it's not like a five-star review it's not got like a a gold rating from somewhere they've just written the word premium well, i wouldn't say it was premium unless it was premium so I think certain words like that, and premium is just an example, companies are always trying to find, and brands and industries are always trying to find the new word to differentiate their product as of a higher level. And I think for the last quite a long while now, people have been taking the word boutique to use that. And there was always a flavor of previously, definitely, it being for small companies. So boutique pedal builders. Anyone who was building pedals in a garage at one point was either having them called boutique, even if they didn't like the term, someone was calling them boutique. We were calling them boutique to differentiate them again as a useful term, or they were calling themselves that. And it was kind of whether you liked it or not, it, whether you thought it was positive or not, it was a way to refer to these companies. But also there was a suggestion of that kind of premium thing. There was a suggestion of higher quality, even if there wasn't any, even if this was someone with no experience. Um, and and their first ever soldering iron in the in the garage putting together pedals but they were like oh a one-man boutique pedal company that suggested quality so it kind of worked even if you didn't like the term it was kind of a good way to suggest an air of quality and of course a bunch of these people called small uh that were small pedal builders that were called boutique of course they were freaking amazing and they're still around today and they've grown into big companies a bunch of them and, and they make amazing pedals um that people love and they just get better and better and better um, but you know, I I can definitely say that there are a bunch of them of all sorts of varying qualities, and they were all using that word and having that word used for them. One to make a useful differentiation, but two, I think, because of this kind of use of the word premium, like in a similar way, boutique was a really quick, easy way to suggest quality, but it was still related to smaller companies. I think now it's a problematic term. It has its pros and cons, has its drawback. It can be kind of pretentious. So people don't always like it. So I don't necessarily think you'll see it as widespread as something like the word premium. But I wonder if more and more and more big companies, companies of all sizes, are just going to start slapping the word boutique over everything to give that suggestion of like the word premium to like to try and differentiate their product lines and say this is the better one. Like boss, you know, it's like, hey, here's this. I think that what the new next tone is maybe like 950 something like that 950 bucks something like that 900 bucks it's an expensive one by 12 solid state amp you know and it's and it's got a Wazercraft speaker in there which you know Wazer is related to the boss kind of higher end improved stuff but again usually with other companies when they're trying to add value to their amp they're going to add speakers that people love like a v30 it's it's a, it's it's in some ways a hard sell and it's made even harder by the fact that it's not just like boss is is going out there and saying we are the premium does that word again we are the premium maker of solid state amps this is not your normal solid state this is not your day at solid state you know that 
they've not done that. They've got the katana for like 200 bucks or sub 200 bucks or whatever it is. They've got a huge amount of amps now from the, the previous next time all the way through. You've got the katana artist kind of in the middle. Then all the different iterations of the katana down to the katana 50, which people even go like, yeah, I take it a jam. And I say gig with it and it's freaking amazing. You've already got that all the way down at sub 200 bucks and look used. You could find deals on them. You've got to do a lot of work to convince people, no matter how good you make it. This this amp could be freaking amazing, by the way. I'm not suggesting it, it won't be. But even if this amp's freaking amazing, you've got to do a lot of work in your copy and in your talking to people and in your videos and in your promotion to really convince people that there's a huge difference here, that, oh, this is not, this is not like the Katana. This is not a solid stamp. This is something different. And I wonder if the ch- choosing the word boutique was not just because it takes inspiration from boutique amps, but referring to it as a boutique solid state amp, something that I've heard high-end solid state, I've heard pro-level solid state. I've never heard, I don't think, boutique solid state. Um, But regardless of whether I have or not, I wonder if the use of that is because it's words like premium and all these other words lost their glimmer. Some words being overused. They don't want to suggest that other amps maybe aren't still useful for gigs and things so they don't want to say one's pro one isn't so how do they differentiate this expensive solid state amp from their cheap extremely well performing solid state amps they borrow a word from the rest of the guitar community used for only the best of the best amps supposedly boutique and i wonder if that is something that other companies will start to do i wonder if the term will will start to be a bit like the word premium is it will get more and more used as brands try and find ways to go no this is really the good one this is really the pro level one who you know especially these big companies have to bring out new product lines every year you know every kind of cycle these new products how do they convince you that this one really is oh the best of the best the pro level improved you know you can have version two of things you can have standard line and pearl and stuff but how do they really convince you oh this is we've really broken the mold with this one i wonder if they'll start borrowing that word boutique for all its drawbacks and all its pros and cons and all its kind of mixed reception from even the people that use it like i say i wonder if boss are using it for a solid state amp i kind of feel even no matter how good that solid state amp is boss using it for their new solid state amp kind of makes me think that there's nowhere this can't be <laughs> used you know will we see i don't know there's amazon basics pedals are we gonna see amazon <laughs> boutique pedals i don't know i don't know but it feels like um maybe the word is going to start to be really ubiquitous like these other words like pro series and and premium and all these other words maybe boutique's going to get a bit swallowed into that and then and then it'll be interesting to see if people then feel even less keen about applying it to um the boutique guitar market or maybe they'll f- want to use it even more because although yeah the idea of it being super high quality and suggesting super high quality might be a bit tarnished if just everyone uses it including for stuff made cheap in a factory somewhere it will be interesting if that might might keep its worth in terms of really clearly making clear which guitars i'm talking about oh luthier made guitars that's a bit confusing high-end guitars that's a bit confusing but i want to talk about these small batch small team workshop quote-unquote luthier guitars boutique works really well right now if that continues to have that kind of clarity 
but loses some of the pretentiousness because we start seeing bigger companies using it, that could actually be a great thing. And then the word feels less fashiony and less like cliquey and pretentious and elite and kind of that BS side of it. And maybe it feels that some people feel, you might not feel that at all and, and many people don't, but maybe the people who do feel that, that would kind of go away a little bit as the word becomes ubiquitous, used a bunch by companies, produces stuff in the far east factories and maybe if more companies pick that up and use it in the way that boss has it could be interesting to see how it gets used but it's an interesting term like i say um i could blab on about it for a long time but i think what would be better is having some luthies on here talk about that sort of thing as well as obviously their, obviously their guitars so we're gonna have a bunch of that coming up on the podcast very soon now to finish as always we have music because it all comes back to the music every single episode we suggest a song, an album, an artist, a performance, something to go and check out because it's all about finding cool music, getting inspired by music, and getting inspired to play guitar because of cool music. So today I have a single track to suggest from a band that I freaking love. Go way back, these guys. Um, you might not have heard of them. You might have very cool stuff. If you're into math rock and some kind of more experimental rock elements, you'll probably have come across these guys. Amazing guitar playing. Really cool stuff. Interesting time signatures. Intricate little bits of guitar work. Great play between the guitars and the drums. Really cool stuff. Um, and this is a single track that they brought out earlier this year. It's a 15-minute long track. It's a really nice crafted piece of, you know, it goes through so many sections and things it's kind of it's a single track but enjoy it like an ep or something it's 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 really cool in that way it's a really cool composition and i would definitely recommend checking it out for the guitar work even if this isn't your kind of music because there's a lot i think to take from the guitar work so this track is called right of summer and it's from the band giraffes giraffes um, so if you want to check that out, it's on their Bandcamp, giraffesgiraffes.bandcamp.com. I'm sure you can get it wherever else you get your music. And if you do enjoy it, go and check out all the back catalogue of Giraffes Giraffes because, man, there's so much good stuff in there. Uh, you know, it's like a nostalgia trip for me hitting some of the older stuff because it's just stuff I really got into. Um, and I still love it, and it's still great. So check that out absolutely check that out um if you're interested go check out the announcement about the new boss amp um obviously listen to whatever music gets you inspired obviously play a bunch of guitar as always take care of yourselves take care of one another and i will catch you tomorrow